Hey everyone, welcome to the College Parent Podcast. Today we are going to be talking about roommate conflicts and having hard conversations with peers. My name is Elizabeth Bordoulis and I am rounding out my first year as a residence director. Hey everyone, my name is Jessica Rice and I am also a residence director and I am starting my fourth year as an RD here at Belmont. Today we have a special guest speaker, Abby Rodriguez. Thank you for having me. Absolutely, thanks for being here. Abby has been in various roles within residence life for a total of 11 years, and she now serves as an Enneagram coach. So we're excited to have her join us for this episode. Okay, so first we just want to acknowledge to anyone that is listening that um, living with roommates isn't always easy. Sharing a space with People may be stressful um, and conflicts may arise during that time. Sometimes situations that work at the beginning of the year may become difficult as the year goes on. Um, But just something to remember is that your student and their roommate will be constantly growing and changing. So it is perfectly normal for your student to have roommate conflicts. Um, In fact, we think that there is a great deal to be learned from handling a difficult situation maturely, respectfully, and creatively. So with that being said, Abby, what are some types of things that typically cause conflict? Honestly, I think that's so much, so you can talk about different aspects of this preference and and that perception, but the reality is I think most conflicts are caused from two things, assumptions and miscommunications. So for you as a student, when you're coming in, so thinking about the parent perspective of interacting with your student, you're coming in with a certain set of norms, of norms of when I say I like my room to be clean, what that means. That might mean for you of I like it to be spick and span, I can rub a a white glove over it. Or that might mean, oh, I did laundry two weeks ago, my room's still pretty clean. And those assumptions of that, even if you start off on a good foot, um, causes different uh, tension points. So some of that is, I think, just this miscommunication or assumption of, of what the other person meant. Um, and I think it feels awkward at first, but for roommates and for you as parents that are encouraging your students, it's really important to take time talking to your roommate to figure out what other expectations they have and what are their preferences and to talk through what do you actually mean by that um, and kind of go back through that, you know, as things come up. Of You said that you went to bed early. Um, you go to bed at midnight. That's not early in my perspective and kind of talking to that. So as a parent, you can be really supportive of your student um, by challenging them to actually talk to their roommate and affirming them when they make those efforts, you know, being their cheerleader from a distance. Um, and I think the other aspect, you can talk about what what are the things that cause conflict. I think the other aspect that causes conflict is when roommates allow uh, for things to build up. Um, I think for, you know, our students when they're coming in, they're navigating living so- with someone for the first time. Maybe they had a sibling that they shared a room with, but maybe not. And so these small things that in their mind They're thinking, oh, this isn't a big deal. I'm not going to say anything about it. And when that slowly builds up over time more and more, um, those small things can turn into something really big. Oftentimes when um, when I was a resident director and I would sit down with students, the actual problem that they were presenting to me was really small things like when to turn out the lights and how loud people can be in the morning. But because they hadn't addressed those, those small things turned into huge conversations. And really the students were kind of left debilitated of these you know, irreconcilable differences in the actual situation that they had was just really a small thing. Um, and so as a parent, remind your student you know, to um, 
to talk through those things when they are calling home and venting about how the roommate is the worst person ever. Um, remembering as a parent that you're hearing one side of it and obviously you're going to be on your student's team and um, you know and you don't want them to be going through a hard situation um, especially if, if there's homesickness or other things wrapped up in that conversation but remembering there's another side of it and so trying to um, encourage your student to listen to the other roommate and to talk through those concerns. So, so those are some of the things of, you know, what causes conflict and, um, yeah, and, and the answer is everything can cause conflict and most of the time it's because of miscommunications and kind of assumptions that got made along the way. Yeah, that's great, Abby. Um, you talked a little bit about how things can just kind of add up when they are not addressed. Um, so in my experience, sometimes a lot of people try to avoid things that they might have to deal with because they are uncomfortable with confrontation. Um, what are some things that people can kind of look out for so that they know or can tell that there might be an issue that might be brewing between them and their roommate? Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. So. Unfortunately, not everyone is comfortable with conflict, and that's fine. It's something that's just, like, you learn lots of other things in life that you just, you navigate that as you get opportunities for it. Um, and so sometimes those things aren't um, as obvious as your roommate comes back and says, I don't like that this happens. Um, sometimes that's in really um, more passive ways. So your roommate might get really snappy about something that seems out of character, or they start leaving notes all over your room of please put this away, or don't do this, or don't touch this. Um, unfortunately, sometimes that turns into them um, talking to other people, talking to your sweet mates, or to their parents, or to other girls in the hall because they want to voice the concern because it's frustrating them as, as their roommate, but they just don't have the confidence to talk to you directly. And so when you start noticing those things, Rather than, you know, yes, they should confront you directly. They should talk through those concerns with you. But when you notice that, rather than reciprocating that with something that's passive of talking about them with someone down the hall or leaving them return post-it notes back on top of their post-it notes, um, just taking a minute and saying like, hey, is everything okay? Um, I noticed this morning you seemed really frustrated are you stressed? Is there something that I did? Um, and I think the reality is that that's going to take a really humble posture. Um, you know, when you notice something that feels like an issue, the kind of the next thing is like, okay, I notice this is an issue. How do I address this? And the reality is you address it as clearly as you can. Um, and again, thinking about this as like a, a resource for parents, as a parent, you have a really great opportunity in that moment um, when you're student calls home and they're talking through, you know, my roommate snapped at me about this and that wasn't fair, or they're leaving me these post-it notes everywhere all over my room. Um, like hear your student's side of it and talk through what, what's happening, but encourage them to talk to the roommate directly, to pull them aside and and approach it with humility, of approach it from a perspective of wanting to know what's happening, not just proving why um, your student as they're interacting with their roommates, being passive aggressive is the right one. You know, it's not about winning the situation or winning the conversation. It's about living well together. And so giving them some support of, oh, that does sound frustrating. I wonder what, like, I wonder if you asked them this, if that would open up the conversation. I wonder if you offered this, if that would help. Um, and so asking the roommate if they have concerns and, um, and reminding your student that, you know, it won't just be this magical conversation of, I asked my roommate, um, what the concern was and they said the lights are on too late 
that doesn't just fix it. Now you have to make a decision of, okay, I as the roommate will compromise and turn the lights off. And so as a parent, just encouraging them and encouraging them to talk to the roommate face-to-face. If they say they talk to them, it feels um, nitpicky to say, how did you talk to them? But ask that question as a parent. Oftentimes when I would sit down with roommates, because the concern had risen to the level of needing a mediation from a professional staff member. And the conversation I would say, you know, have you talked to them? And they'd say yes. And then I would ask, what did that conversation look like? And they would proceed to describe a texting conversation that they'd had or a letter that they had written with all their grievances to their roommate. And that's not talking. That is, yes, communicating, um, but that is not a conversation. That is that is you texting words at another person without there actually being space for emotion and humanity and um, a humble posture on your part and also giving them the benefit of the doubt. And so asking them, you said that you talked to them. What did that conversation look like? And if they proceed to explain that they wrote post-it notes all over the, ro- all over the room because they were actually the one that's starting that, um, tell them you're going to have to talk to them face-to-face. So, um, but yeah, and it's, I think as much as you can encourage the kindness that you know your student to have for them to lead with that, um, sometimes things are just truly like a misperception. You know, I remember my college roommate, which is 10 years ago now, but, um, or I guess more than that, my goodness. Um, but our first year, you know, we were trying to figure out how to live together and we had a similar situation happened of, I wasn't picking up things enough, um, of what like her conversation of clean was. And we got this really awkward, you know, we're both being passive around each other. And we just had one day where we asked each other, like, is everything going okay? And it wasn't. Like, I wasn't keeping things clean enough. Um, And that was a great invitation to, like, hang out and spend time together and share our stories with each other. And then we ended up three years later being roommates every year and in each other's weddings. So it doesn't always turn out that way for everyone. But I can't imagine what would have happened if we would have just kept ignoring each other. And if we would have just let that build up of just being amicable, but kind of not really liking the other person sharing our space. And so um, coach them from the sidelines as parents and encourage them, you know, talk to them in person. You're a kind human being. Talk to them too and, and give them the ability to, to share back with you what's happening for them. So Abby, could you just tell us, like, what are some tips that parents could give their students to help them communicate in a healthy way with their roommate? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So I know that I've said this, but one of the biggest uh, things I can encourage for you as a parent is, well, maybe two things. So the first is remembering that you're only hearing one side of the story. Um, Even if you are doing your best to not completely intervene and trying to coach them on the sidelines and encourage them and challenge them to, to speak to them face to face, it's helpful for you to, as a parent to remember you're only hearing one side of the story. And so when your um, student who's feeling really stressed and overwhelmed by maybe lots of things and it's kind of coming to a head because their roommate is or isn't doing something that they had agreed upon or just there's just some kind of um, conflict in general, if you take the posture as a parent of, okay, there's another side to the story. There's another student that lives in that room and they have a set of parents that are also trying to help that student navigate this, or they're also supporting and believing in that student. And taking it from that posture, I think it's really helpful because then the encouragement that you can give your student is listen and be vulnerable enough to share of like, this really hurt my feelings, or um, I feel uncomfortable when you do that because of X, Y, Z. I think if you can approach it that way, rather than you did this and that is wrong and I'm right in the situation, 
um, even though it might feel like that in your conversation with your student, knowing that there's another side of this. And so trying to encourage them to have open communication and talk through it. Um, and the other thing too is um, remembering that this is an essential part of your student's experience with living on campus of navigating conflict. If they come, they meet their roommate, they become best friends, they're still going to have conflict. Even if they, for some reason, never had conflict with their roommate, they're going to have it with their other friends that they live with. They're going to have it with a professor, with a coworker, um, with their supervisor, if they get an on-campus leadership position or a student position. And it's an, it's an essential um, part of their development to learn how to navigate it, to when something happens, to be able to speak up and say, hey, I think I'm a little bit confused by this. I thought this was going to happen and it didn't. This didn't meet my expectations or this hurt my feelings or I feel really excluded. Because when you don't say those things and you just bottle them up, they often come out sideways in a way that's not really indicative of who your student is. It comes out in being really stressed or snapping at someone or being really angry or excluding someone and that's not who they are. Um, and so just encouraging them uh, to take ownership of that problem. The other part of that as you're coaching them and encouraging them and challenging them to do that is to keep yourself from intervening in their problem. Um, it is really tempting in this effort to make your students experience the best it possibly could be their freshman year when they're having a hard time with their con with their roommate and having conflict, they're trying to solve it and they can't get it um, worked out, to feel this sense of, oh no, things aren't going well and I have to intervene. Um, in the same way that maybe, you know, if things weren't going well in their high school or in junior high that you would have you know, pulled a teacher aside and asked what was happening. But the reality is, although it might not always feel like it, when, you're, when your student went off to college, that was part of transitioning into adulthood. And so this is a really essential um, part of their development to let them navigate this on their own, to show them that you believe in them, that they can navigate this on their own by not interfering, by coaching them of, here's some things that you can say, here's how you can talk to your roommate with some of the things we've already talked about, and then if it doesn't go well to tell them, hey, I know that you can reach out to your resident assistant. If that doesn't work out, I know you can reach out to your resident director and showing them that as a parent, you believe that they can handle this, that you believe they can do this on their own. Because in four years, when they have to interact with their landlord of their apartment complex, you're not gonna call them. Or if they are married, you're not gonna call the husband and tell them to stop you know, being passive aggressive to your daughter, that's their wife. you know. And so these are the some of the beginning, and it's a safe environment for them to figure that out, right? This is kind of small, a small aspect of navigating well with your roommate. Um, and so this is a great chance to practice that because later in life when they have to navigate that with a supervisor or a loved one or you know, a pastor for the worship community, they need to know how to navigate conflict well and how to communicate, how to be gracious with the other person and how to come to compromise. And so if you hear nothing else in the things that I've offered, to, um, to hear that aspect of let your students navigate this challenge on their own, coach them from the sidelines, encourage them and affirm them, um, but let them do this on their own. And by doing that, you're showing them that you believe in them, that they can, and that they're, um, that they're grown up and they know how to, to navigate some of these concerns and that you believe that they can do it now because you believe that they can do it later on too. Yeah, I think, you know, one of the most important pieces that you pointed out right there, Abby, is, you know, for a conflict to be solved, each participant in this situation has to be an active participant 
participant in, you know, coming up with the solution to whatever problem they might be facing. Um, And so what I've seen as a residence director is, you know, when I have been able to help students kind of navigate through their issues together, it honestly gives them confidence to go forward in future situations. Rather, if they weren't able to do that on their own in the beginning, they would still be kind of be stuck in that place where they don't know how to navigate it even later on. So it really is helpful um, and gives them ample experience because, you know, conflict is something we deal with in every aspect of our life. So I think you really hit it on the head there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, So as far as... um, navigating conflict for students. Um, Are there any resources that students can use when they are facing these things? So specifically with regards to Belmont Residence Life, we require for all of our incoming students to participate in is signing up uh, with a roommate agreement with their roommate. So that is part of what will happen right away when they move in. Their RA will kind of give them some guiding, um, you know, instructions of how to do that and how to fill that out well. And, And really it's a conversation starter. It gives you some guided questions to sit down with your roommate and think through, you know, what is our standard of cleanliness? What time do we want to go to bed? What are any rules that we want to have of, oh, actually, these are going to be the hours that we study or nap, and so we don't want visitors to come in our room until after 5 p.m. or whatever it might be. And so that roommate agreement is a really great um, starting converse, like for starting the conversation, but then also kind of, you know, you're both agreeing to it. And so when a conflict comes back up later, maybe it's that the agreement needs to be adjusted a little bit, or maybe that's what you guys still are agreeing upon. And so someone needs to change their behavior in order to adhere to the contract. And so um, just kind of using it as a conversation starter, but also something to, to hold them to it. Um, and then just another resource, if you are having trouble navigating something, you're doing your best, you're talking through it with them, you're willing to compromise, and it's just not working out, um, to ask your resident assistant for help. Um, you also are welcome to ask your resident director for help, Some of, um, but sometimes you know having a resident assistant help is a great third person to just mediate the conversation. Not as a referee to you know determine who wins the match, because it's not about winning, it's about living together well. Um, but just have another person that's asking questions of, you know, that seems like it really bothers you, like, or even just what are some of the things that you need in order to live together well? What is it that you need in order to live together well? And kind of coming through that. But the biggest thing is as much as you can learn about your roommate, the better. Um, because I think when we attach a face to the problem, um, and when we allow there to be an exchange of feelings of, I feel this way, um, and then we allow the roommate to explain how they feel as well, that's, that's a much more meaningful conversation rather than just an exchange of facts. Um, and so that would be my, my biggest encouragement as well. Yeah, that's great. One thing that I did want to kind of ask about is, you know, sometimes despite all of our best efforts to solve conflict, um, to mediate conflict either with an RA or with a professional staff member, sometimes differences just cannot be overcome. So what advice would you give to parents who student might find themselves in that type of position where they just don't feel like a resolution is possible? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So. In that situation, you know, you're, as a parent, coaching your student from the sidelines, encouraging open conversation, and it is just not working, um, to encourage them to reach out to a resident director. Their resident director and their complex is going to be a, a great um, just venue for resources, whether that is, hey, what have you talked through so far? And maybe I, as a professional staff member with a master's degree, can sit down and talk through this situation and try to um, create a more... Uh, conducive environment for talking through the issues. 
if that is still not working, um, then we can talk through, okay, if there are some uh, pieces to this that this conversation is just not resolving, then maybe we can find another space for you on campus. But we really like to use it as a last resort, again, because it's, it's not just that um, this is a rite of passage or some kind of weird form of initiation where people have to have roommates and figure it out. Uh, we really do believe that it is a pivotal and essential part of the on-campus experience and the, the development that you have, both in articulating yourself, both in um, being able to manage your emotions in that conversation, especially if it does become difficult, being able to have some established independence where your parent, um, you as a parent, are not intervening. They're having to think through, what do I actually feel? What is it that I actually need to change? Is it just that my my ego is hurt because of the way they treated me? Do the, does the roommate need to apologize? Do I need to apologize? And so all of those questions, it feels small, but it's so essential for them to navigate that. And the thing is too, it which this will be hard as a parent, but in the times when your student refuses to navigate it well, for them to have to live with the natural consequences of, I didn't speak up when I should have. I didn't address things when I should have. I let things build up. I said something that was unkind and now it's awkward. Even that, even though I know from a distance when you're interacting with your parent that feel, as a parent, it feels so hard to let your student live in that awkward space, but that's a natural consequence. And so the next time something like that comes around, they're gonna to choose to address it earlier. And they're gonna to choose to say something, they're gonna come into that roommate situation or that partnership uh, with clear expectations because they know how awkward it was when they didn't do it the right way or they know how awkward it was um, when they didn't speak up. And so even that, um, it feels like in the moment you're solving the situation, you're kind of saving the day. But the reality is if you, um, even letting them, letting it not go well and for them to have to live with the natural consequences is a really great learning opportunity. So um, yeah, so just sometimes pairings not working out well is still okay. If it is livable enough that they're just not best friends, um, there's something that can still be learned in there. If it is something that is not livable and they, they need to um, to get some more help, reach out to the resident director um, is a great resource for parents to kind of coach their student to, to do. Thank yeah. You. So that about wraps it up for today. Um, Justin, I just want to say thank you so much, Abby, for joining us and lending your expertise to everyone on this topic. To our listeners, we want to remind you that conflict is inevitable and a natural part of life. Helping students figure out how to approach and solve conflict in a healthy way will better prepare them as they move towards accomplishing both their personal and professional goals. So thanks for listening and be sure to tune in to our next episode.